When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is continuing coverage of the 2024 NFL Combine. Live from Indianapolis on Steelers Nation Radio. Brought to you in part by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for over 100 years. By Schneider Downs, discover the value of big thinking with a personal focus at SchneiderDowns.com. By ST Bank, proudly serving our community since 1902. STBank.com by First National Bank. Let's get started. Member FDIC. And by Iron Workers Local Union Number no. Three. They don't go to the office; they build it. And welcome back for some of you. Some of you are just hopping in here. We appreciate that. Uh, we are live here at the uh, Scouting Combine here in Indianapolis. So I'm here with Max Starks of the Steelers Radio Network and, of course, uh, Matt Williamson of the Steelers I'm just Radio jumping in. Just yeah. jumping back in here with, with uh, Jerry Dulak jumping out. I've, uh, I'm Dale Lally. And, uh, well, this is, uh, well, hour six or whatever we are here. Yeah. I, I, don't, I can't Roll keep along. track of it all. Yeah, but yeah. We're anyways, still here. We're, we're still, still here. here. Yeah, and we'll be here until four o'clock. <laughs> Max will be here with us for the uh, ne- the next hour as well. Uh, guys. Uh, then we get some alone time. Then we get, yeah. Yeah. Let's get these guys <laughs> out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyways. We're shaking. Um, so let's talk a little bit of uh, combine here. Um, we didn't, of course, get to hear from uh, Omar Khan today. Um, you know, that's not going to happen. Uh, but a lot of the other GMs and coaches are, are talking on the podium today. Uh, Eric DaCosta with the uh, with the Ravens, I don't know if you guys mm. saw this, no. said that they plan, if they don't get something done with Justin Matabuke before March 5th, they plan on putting the franchise tag on him. Okay. Smart decision. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, the guy, his production alone says, yeah, we might want to keep that guy. Might, yeah. Might want to just – Maybe. Well, so now we, we see that the Bengals have, have tagged T. Higgins. Yeah. You're looking at uh, probably it's probably going to end up being the tag for yeah, Matt yeah, they're, they're yeah. not They're not He's gonna not going anywhere. Number. Yeah. Um, so that's two of the th- uh, four teams in the division. The Steelers, of course, they don't have anybody really that, that's in that situation. That leaves Cleveland. Um, I don't know that Cleveland can has anybody right now that, that, that they would look at tagging. No, no, I don't think so. I they, all, they also don't have the money. They don't have they the have money to do it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, because if they're paying the quarterback sixty-four million dollars next year. Yeah. Uh, but that franchise tag, to me, and, and as somebody who's who's gone through this himself, yourself, Max, I've always said that the franchise tag, once you use that, it now sets the market value for the player because now, as the player, you're saying, "This is this is what I'm going to make fully guaranteed." So this is our starting point yeah. for the, negotiations. Well, this is the floor, not the ceiling. Right. right? I mean, you know, th- you, there's a hard stop. Like, this is this is my assessed value for an annual basis. So if you want you me. You put it on me. You put it on me. <laughs> so let's multiply it and let's keep that there if that's what you want to do. But know that I'm not going below that. There's no hometown discount once you add the tag. You had hometown discount in open negotiations. It didn't work. Now we start here and we can only go up from here. Yeah, so, I mean, I know a lot of players don't love getting tagged. And the, the ones that do like it are the ones that have not made a ton of money already. You're a fourth-round pick. Blah, blah, blah. Matt yeah. Bouquet, in this case, was not a first-round pick. He has not got paid big. He's about to. But you're right. I mean, the team shows their hand. Like, I think you're worth this, and I'm happy to do it. Well, that means you probably will give me more. You know, especially once exactly. we put it over two, three years and a bump like that. So. I don't let the franchise tags as terrible as people think for the players. It's not the only place where it becomes that limbo area. And it's kind of where I was because I got tagged three years in a row. Oh, okay. so that's where I hated it Yeah, because it was all salary. And so no bonus, no bonus. Mm-hmm. You get to play it out throughout the year and you're paying taxes in every city you play. So the year I got tagged, we're playing in California twice. We're playing in New York. Like I didn't get See, and that's the part we were talking about. That last time. I didn't, I didn't yeah. realize that. So if you get the signing bonus, 
yeah. in Pittsburgh, you're just paying ta- that that one time, a, one time, one time lump, and they split the signing bonus over two years, so it's even better yeah. because it kind of lessens that hit mm-hmm. of what's coming out in a chunk. Whereas you play it out during the season. You're paying your Pittsburgh taxes every time you play in Pittsburgh. You're playing your Cincinnati taxes. You're paying your Cleveland taxes. You're playing Maryland taxes. You're paying wherever else you go except for Florida, Tennessee, and Texas. You know, you're paying taxes everywhere you go. And and think about slicing that into one-seventeenths. That's a large chunk, especially when you think about what Justin Matabike is going to get. Yeah, right. You know, that twenty million range. That that that's a lot of a lot of hands out there. It's like, hey, <laughs> we need the, we need this road uh, filled. So bring me your taxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I haven't thought of that angle. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's interesting. And you also you had the transition tag placed yeah. on you as well. We don't see that one used as much anymore. No, I think Steve Hutchinson really made it a very unfavorable tag. <laughs> so why I had to go through it and be the one that actually played through that transition tag still beyond me. Um, because, you know, teams teams look at that tag and it's like, if I really want that guy, it's just, it's wording, wording. Because when, so when Steve Hutchinson got his transition tag, for those that don't know, Steve Hutchinson was on the Seattle Seahawks and Walter Jones was also on that. So both of them Hall of Famers, but... You know, left tackle makes more than left guard. And so, you know, Walter Jones was the highest paid offensive lineman Mm -hmm. on that squad. So when the Vikings wanted him, they were going to pay him. Seattle wanted to match whatever it was. Just say, hey, set your market. We're going to go meet it so we can keep you. That's why they put the transition tag out there because we don't have a fairly assessed value. But what the Vikings got over on them was they, they also put a little line that said, and he will be the highest paid offensive lineman on our roster. Yeah, right. And that, Seattle couldn't match. And right. Seattle couldn't match that right. because now so the poison pill. Yeah, the poison pill in the contract. Mm-hmm. So now they're like, well, we would we're acceptable of his his rate, but Walter's making more. Right. So if he has to be the highest paid, now we got to go above that. Whereas Vikings get to stay here where they said it, mm-hmm. and now we're in trouble. So so that was one that was very it's very intriguing. Yeah, you just beat him by a cent, and you you get to stay with the team. But like you said, wording is words mean mean everything. And that's what it was. So I didn't have that suitor that was like, oh, my gosh, I know the Cardinals wanted me because that's when Wiz and Russ and them went down there, you know, that previous year. So like, yeah, we want to get you. And I got tagged at the last minute. Like, ah, we'll just wait a year until you're a real free agent because you're not going to get tagged twice. Wrong. Um, so we'll you don't just see that wait. much anymore either. No, I think Cousins don't. was the last one that's been two in a row. Yeah, that was two in a row. Yeah. And, and it had to play out. And it, but it ballooned. So much. And I think for me, I didn't get the balloon from one tag to the next because it was transition to franchise right. as opposed to double franchise, like non-exclusive to exclusive. That's when you get the 20% premium rider put on it. So I was just like, well, I guess I'm here. <laughs> we had, I, lo- I love to not pay it in taxes every week. So so it, it, it's it's very interesting how they use it. But like you said, transition, it's kind of gone by the wayside because like you said, if there's a guy we really want, just give them the franchise tag because it's not going to come up. That Why let somebody else negotiate the deal for you? Exactly. Let's try and control it in-house yeah. and then figure out a way after that because we now have 365 more days to try and figure this out. Uh, news from the uh, the Combine here as well. It doesn't look like there are going to be any running backs tagged this year. We saw a couple tagged last year, Saquon Barkley, yeah. uh, one of them. Um, I think the tag price was – we went over those last week. It was like 12? Yeah, it was 11-something, I think. I'd yeah. under 12 right in that neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, is, yeah. that, is that kind of surprise you? I mean, I know everybody says, well, running backs don't matter. They don't matter until you don't have one. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. They don't matter until you see that guy walk and you're like, what's our contingency plan? You look back, you're like, yeah, I got beef jerky back there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Gi- Giants minus Barkley is not so rosy. No, it's not. Right. And, and you're already paying Daniel Jones, who is relying on Saquon Barkley right. to add to his value. And you take him away, he can't create that puts you in a hole. So it's going to be really interesting to see how the Giants react to that because, like you said, you, you don't want to pay that 20% premium, you know, and now you would drive up the running back tag even right. more so on, a, on an ill-used tag on top of that. Which could be interesting down the road for Najee Harris. Yeah. Um, you know, if the Steelers are looking at doing that, because I know Matt's always been to the, the, the feeling here, and, of course, the Steelers are going to pick up his 50-year option here, make a decision on that. I expect that they they will. Uh, it's like $6 million. Um they have to do that by May, in, in sometime in May. Uh, but when you've got that first-round running back, you really have six years of control of that guy. Yeah, which could be a whole running back's lifespan. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, 
by the time he's done and, and he doesn't see that second because it's really tough for running back to see the second contract. Mm-hmm. But and I mean, even look at that. I mean, you think about halfway through last year, people were people didn't want them to pick up Najee's fifth year because of Jalen Warren. So yeah. it's funny how you fall in and out of love with them, but you realize you've got to have a guy that could take the brunt, especially in our division, right? The yeah. AFC North is a very physical, defense heavy division. You need the pounding guy that can go in there and be the battering ram. And he's a mutter. Yeah, that's right. I mean, he's going to keep the feet churning until you take his legs out. So you need that guy in our division. Think about what Joe Mixon was young in his career, you know, and how he played in Baltimore, went through 17 different running backs in in that same span. They thought J.K. Dobbins was going to be that guy and ended Mm -hmm. up just being Lamar Jackson. Um, And then Gus Edwards, the dancing, uh, the Irish Celtic dancer. Um, But even though he's not going to be there anymore because his lifespan and his usefulness is now has deteriorated so it's gonna be really interesting to see how you do it i mean the running back class this year is not is great. okay yeah, yeah. there won't best. be one in the first round there definitely won't be one in the first round i, I would gather to think there really won't be one until midway through at best the second round before you really start seeing i think they'll be a heavy in day three um for a lot of these teams and even if you don't have the guy you've got a committee or a consortium of guys that are going to fill that role because they're because the onus is in the passing game and that running back had better be able to catch out of the backfield if he wants any value high enough. Yeah. And he has to be a guy who can block. You have to be able to do it all. And we're not going to pay you a lot. Yeah, We're not going to pay you a lot on no. top of that. Hence why their number is so low for a franchise tag. How has that changed since you played? See, I mean, you said the, the bell cow running back. Everybody, yeah. you get your bell cow running back. Now it's committee stuff. Um, there were first yeah. rounders every year at that stage. Yeah. You know? That yeah, was common, right? I, I mean, I think, you know, you think I was in the air with, you know, Adrian Peterson's right of this world that were like, Oh my God, I got to have this guy immediately. And I got to take him. Um, uh, or Sean Alexander in the same. Yeah. Sean Alexander was, was, was a highly prized guy. And I also played with Jerome Bettis and Deuce Staley. Yeah. Who, who, you know, you had your bell cow guy and then you had the third, it was, it was your every down back and then your third down back. You know, we had, it was Jerome and then it was Veron Haynes, you know, (laughs) a significant drop off on how they played. (laughs) And then Willie Park was an undrafted free agent on our squad, but you looked around everywhere else. And yes, there was a signature guy that was the guy for that team. And now you say, well, it might be this guy. It might be that guy. Um, we got a couple of guys back here, right? You know, and, and so now you start to see the second running back really gets just as much attention as the first running back in a 60-40 split. And teams aren't running it 40 times a game anymore. I mean, no. Derrick Henry's the last of that. Um, and now he'll be a free agent because he probably won't fit into their scheme no. uh, for usefulness. So, it's funny how that position has taken such a hit, but yet it's still a necessity because every December, who are the teams that go to the playoffs? Who are the teams that successfully win the playoff? The team that has that that guy who can run the football. Kansas City, famously, right? You went and got Isaiah Pacheco. He runs like angry man, and that kid flourished in the playoffs. Christian McCaffrey, same thing. You trade for him. You find out this dude, when he's durable, He's a problem for teams, and he's the X factor. And you say, well, who do you have to stop? Well, we need to stop the running back. But in the regular season, first 15 weeks or so, <laughs> it's like, ah, we're, we're going to pass our way out of this because the weather's still good. And I was like, I promise you, they w- uh, Miami wishes they had a big-time running back. I suppose it's splitting between Mostert and Devon A-Chain and, oh, we could do this thunder and lightning. It's like, no, who's your bell cow guy? Who's going to actually run between the tackles? when it's crappy weather, when the footing's not great, and I got to have three yards. Teams have gotten away from that, but yet they want it at the end of the year. Yeah, we've been talking about Miami all year that, okay, what you're doing early in the season is great. You dropped, what, 60 or 70 on the Broncos. That's yeah. unbelievable. The scheme is phenomenal. But you, you're eventually going to go to Buffalo in December or the Jets or the Patriots. Or Kansas or, City in January yeah, when it's a freeze. Exactly. State of emergency. And you're just not built for it. And I think that's really short-sighted. You know, You also mentioned the – the running back A and B. And I like where the Steelers are at because I'm not saying Warren is also an A, but the the gap between them stylistically isn't Jerome Desaraway. You know I mean? It's yeah. not a tell by any stretch. They all can catch the ball. They all can protect. They can all push a pile. And they can handle 20, 25 carries if the other one happens to go down. I think it's a good situation. Yeah, well, and, and it's enough variability that you can't necessarily play the same style for each of them. Because each of them present a different thing. Both of them like to run through the tackles, but one is a one cut to get into that tackle zone. The other one's straight ahead bulldozing. And that presents a problem and a quandary for linebackers, right? Because am I fast flow over the top linebacker or am I hang back door linebacker? 
now I got to know which one do I have based on the personnel. It kind of changes how you play and you kind of fake people out. So it gives a nice balance to it. And it's not like, oh, you know, for me, Braun's in there. They're not running between the tackles. Like yeah, right, block, right, right. he's blocking it and he's catching a screen pass. Yeah, right. yeah, you don't want that tell. They keep it pretty balanced. So the Steelers are in a unique position. I think Arthur Smith's going to really love how he can I deploy both of those guys because they also can put them in in two back sets. Does mm-hmm. it change how you block with those different backs? No, it doesn't. I, I think that's the biggest thing is that both of them like to fit whatever's happening. So it's not like it's not like um, Lev Bell and D'Angelo Williams, right? Yeah. Where they were like, completely different. Stories. Completely different <laughs> worlds. And it was like, oh, my God, how are we going to block? Okay, who's back there? Okay, so I got to block it like that. You don't have to think about that as an offensive lineman. They take what they're given. Najee, Najee may or may not see the cut back hole, may not even care about the, the backside cut. But you know Jalen is. So if I'm still blocking and that guy holds in the hole, I know Jalen's going to cut behind. If I hold, hold in the hole and there's a sliver between my hip and the guard's hip, Najee's going right up that. He's treating it like a freeway. So you just have to do what you do as an offense lineman. And that's the one thing I love. They don't change their blocking style based on who's in there. They just play the same, and the guys fit to them, which is a nice relationship to have between running back and O-line. So we're talking schematics, and you mentioned earlier, too, about two backs on the field at the same time. I mean, pony package was a lot of what people yeah. call it. Arthur Smith did a lot of it. I mean, Bijan and Algier were out there a fair amount, or Cordero yeah. Patterson. Steelers didn't do a lot. They flirted with it early in the season, but we didn't see those two on the field together very much. All in all, as long as the non-ball carrier is a pretty good blocker, I don't have much problem with it. I mean, I think it's a good wrinkle. Yeah. Do you agree? Yeah, I, I agree because, like you said, especially when you have so much pre-snap motion, mm-hmm. right, all the window dressing that's coming with it now, and if you have both of them out there, like I said, that quandary, if I'm a backfill or if I'm a fast flow. Now it's like, I don't know what to do in this play because they're both back there or they're both on the field and they're motioning one from 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 the slot into the backfield. Now we got split backs. Oh, God. Okay, left versus right. How do we do this? Or he's coming in fly motion right before the snap. Is it going to be an end around type of deal, jet sweep? What are we going to do? It really puts the defense in a quandary to where – you have to really shore up your edges and guys have to be on alert for what's happening. And I think, like you said, having the guy out there for a snap and he's not touching the ball and he's blocking, that's fine by me. He's not a 180-pound guy who's going to get run over either. Yeah, you know, he's he not. Stick his face in there. He stick know? his face right. in the fan, especially Jalen Warren, because Jalen Warren is thick. He's lower body. So he can brace and he can also – he creates natural leverage for a lot of your defensive ends on the backside or the safety off the edge. He can go run the seal – and no problem at all, or Najee vice versa. Najee can definitely go in there and be a fullback <laughs> um, on any play. So I really like that, and I think the more anonymity that you give to your offensive scheme, like it looks, it presents as 11, but it's really 12, you know, or it's 21 that looks like, you know, like 12 personnel. Right. And, and that's so what the I league's lo- all about now. The league's all about yeah. how can you be flexible. I think that's why a Connor Hayward is such a valuable piece because he can inline – he can, he can lead from the eye, broken eye. He can lead from a wing position and do a lot of things. And then you still have Pat Fryer move and Darnell Washington. So you can get in there and run a big package personnel. Say, we're going to run 13 personnel. No problem. I'm like, I like all three of these guys here. Yeah. And they and, did that a lot down the stretch. Yeah. And Connor, Connor can also play fullback, and he can take the dives on the short yardage stuff. So I love that flexibility. I think it's going to be really good for this team moving forward. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch how – this all morphs uh, this offseason here. Yeah. Just, as Matt always says, teams tell you what they're thinking with the moves that they make. Well, if, if they don't feel they have the offensive pieces to run Arthur Smith's offense, they're going to go get those pieces. Yes. Um, but if they feel like they have the pieces, they're not going to make any changes there. Yeah, and, and, and also you're going to see and Andy Weidel and Sheldon White are really good about being in tune with what the coaches' needs are. And they, they sat down, had extensive talks. Arthur, what's the schematics? What's the philosophy? What are the key things that you need? Yeah. Right. What yeah. are the, what are your linchpins and foundations for your offensive philosophy? Okay. Now we start working towards that. Mason Cole didn't fit into that. Hence why Mason Cole's not here. You need a stronger center at that position. And that's why I think it's going to be addressed early mm-hmm. draft free agency because you need that guy. Um, and then also, I think when you look at, you know, what Terrell Austin and that crew wants, they're going to be in tune with that as well and figure out how can we get them those things. Yes, we extended guys. Both your edge rushers are good. They're well-paid. They're fat and happy. Cool. <laughs> now let's work on how the rest of the structure, because we got ran through, ravaged with injuries a year ago from linebacker to interior of that secondary. 
we need to shore this up. Yeah. So what are you going to need? Is it do you want the vet there? Do you want a young guy you can mold? You know, let me know what we want. I think that's where scouting personnel and coaches really matter in that communication. Why you have to have less friction because that was the issue we talked about with with um, not Ramon, but uh, who sat down with John Burton, right? It was hey, you know, Mike Vrabel, Rand Carthon did not get along, so therefore it reflected. But that's the one thing I don't see with this. I see Mike has a great relationship with Omar, Andy, Sheldon. And like you said, when you're talking about having to go get guys and you're, and you're looking through the wood chip pile <laughs> and you pull out the guys that you did, masterful communication and guys that fit into this and were plug and play guys. Absolutely. He is Max Starks. Uh, I, I'm Dale Lolly, and that's <laughs> Matt Williamson. Yeah. Uh, we are. Um, my brain is starting to fry up here, uh, but we are live at the uh, Scouting Combine here in Indianapolis, uh, here on Steelers Nation Radio and Fox Sports Pittsburgh. Yeah, my yeah. first uh, I didn't mess <laughs> first that time up. saying that. Yeah. First time saying that. Uh, we're going to take a break. We'll be back with more right after this. This is continuing coverage of the 2024 NFL Combine live from Indianapolis on Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back. I am Dale Lolly here with Max Starks and uh, Matt Williamson. We are live at the uh, Indianapolis or Indiana Convention Center. I always screw that up uh, here in Indianapolis uh, at the Scouting Combine. And uh, more news and notes from uh, some of the podium uh, stuff today. Uh, Sean Payton saying they expect a decision to come within the next two weeks on uh, what happens with Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the decision was kind of already made when they benched him at the end of the season, but what do I know? <laughs> yeah. I think they're just waiting to see if anyone will offer him a trade, which they won't. No. And no, then they'll no, get they, released. And then he, the interesting thing about Wilson is he's a big personality. I'm not saying the Steelers should pursue him or anything along those lines, but his next team is going to sign him for league minimum. He's guaranteed so much money with the Broncos. He has no reason not to sign a league minimum deal with his new team. To me, yeah. that's the most appealing thing about the player overall. I mean, you get them for like a million bucks a year. Yeah, you get them for a million bucks. Like you said, they're 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 on the Broncos' books. So yeah, they're paying the so deal. So it's like, hey, why not? But the problem is, is that does the skill set match the risk? Because if you bring that's him in, that's you're guaranteeing he's a starter. And yeah, because that's what he said. Yeah. He, he he's not going somewhere to compete for a job. No, he's uh, he's coming. He's going somewhere to to be the number one guy. Yeah, I don't know how many fits there are for that, and no. I don't think this is one of them. Well, and, and Atlanta's not going to be that team because no. Atlanta ha- is high in the draft. The Bears, regardless of whatever they do with Justin Fields, we're not trading that for that. Like, like now, nah, I'll stick with the young guy in mistakes before I take old chewed up. You know, right? right. <laughs> I can see the Raiders having to settle for that if, yeah. once he's on the open market, mm-hmm. or... and that might be attractive to Wilson because he gets to play the Broncos twice. Yeah, exactly. He gets to go back in division. <laughs> you're, you're paying me to play against you, and oh, by the year, way, if yeah. I beat yeah. you, you paid me to beat you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> How do you like that? Yeah. That's a hard check to sign when you send it over. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ryan Poles uh, said that the, they would need a similar offer uh, as the one they got last year to move out of the number one position in the draft this year. I think it'll be even yeah. pricier. Yeah, because of because you have all those quarterbacks and so many teams need quarterbacks. I mean, and and Carolina's still probably kicking themselves oh, uh, oh, yeah. for what the hell did we do um, by making this trade? To me, though, that makes – if I'm the Bears, and Matt and I have talked about this a bunch, wouldn't it make sense to, to – Justin Fields isn't costing you an arm and a leg right now. No. You just spent a high first-round draft pick on him a few years ago. To trade out of that spot again – Get a whole bunch of more, you know, a whole bunch of extra picks again and give yourself another year with Justin Fields. Now you got two first round picks next year. Maybe you have two pick, first round picks two years from now because, yeah. and, and, you know, go you might with have that. Marvin Harrison Jr. And you might have Marvin Harrison Jr. or Malik Neighbors to add to your equation. Yeah. No, I mean, I love it for them if they love Justin Fields mm-hmm. or if, they, hell, if they even like Justin Fields. I'm like, because I'm not really sold on Caleb Williams. Now, mind you, I'm See, I think the question is not do we like or love Fields. It's do we adore Williams? If yeah, you adore yes, Williams, really. you take Williams. But if you're like, eh, Williams will work or may, or I think he's really good but not special, Yeah, give me a ton of picks and players. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and that's where – and that – watching and calling a couple, a couple of Caleb's games over the last couple of years mm. and watching Justin Fields also live this past year, I don't see – 
I don't see the X factor that it, you know, that little bit that throws one over. I, you know, yeah. you know, if and, it's Fields plus picks, yeah, Fields plus greater picks. than Matt or greater yeah. than Williams, yeah, greater than Williams by himself, mm-hmm. and you're just living with what you got from last year. And I can honestly say I don't, I don't love it. I don't love Caleb Williams that much. I watched the end of this year. I watched how he crashed and that team crashed and that lack of accountability. And you go to Chicago and you can't stand in front of a podium. It's going to be a problem. And you're crying to your mom in the stands. Like it's a whole different level, especially when you go to that city that's thirsty for success. Never had a quarterback. They never had one in their entire history. And now that that city loves fields right now, they love him. Right. And he's indebted to the community. And, you know, as an organization, you're like, could we wait a year? And like you said, play the smoke and mirrors, boom, bump back and get a guy, actually put some proper resources into the receiving position. Don't trade for Clay, Chase Claypool. Right. And expect that to be your your magic one-all and DJ Moore. Like, go get him a number one receiver, and especially one that he would be familiar with from Ohio State, you know, that's in the family, that's in the brotherhood, where he has a personal relationship with this guy, and they can really grow. And you can get a whole bunch of other people. You need to rebuild your offensive line put a real running back back there. Like you could really do this and really set Justin Fields up for success and really see what you got. And then, Hey, if it doesn't work out, guess what? We still got capital because we traded out the number one pick. We got a top pick next year, so we can go get the next quarterback that's going to come out. That's the beauty of Two first round picks next year. We can move up. We could be that team that moves up to the number one spot. moves up and did what we had done for us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So with an infrastructure already in place. Yeah. And with a lot of pieces. And if you're going to put a new quarterback in there, put a new quarterback with a proper offensive line and receivers to throw to. Right. As opposed to bringing a quarterback in and saying, hey, this is what we got. Make it work. Yeah. Yeah, it's not the same. But they also might look at fields and be like, he has flaws we can't fix. So now the getting's good. You know, they do better than we do. Yeah, they do. They do. But if it does come to apples to apples, it's yeah. like, yeah, stockpile and, and build and build infrastructure. Especially going from one to two. You know, like, yeah, Caleb's from Washington. Washington can move up to one. They have a new owner. He could be on all the billboards. They could finally have some positive vibes around that organization in Washington. Color scheme matches from his last well, school. See, oh, that's them. important. You know, right? So you don't even have to do that much with your with, with a CGI with that. You know. <laughs> so then you sit there at two. Maybe you take May and trade Fields just like you planned all along. Or you take Harrison and give him next to Fields all along. Or trade down again. Yeah. And yeah, somebody wants to come up and get Jaden Daniels. You know, or right. Or May. Yeah, exactly. You know, right. Why I mean, not? You still have a ton of power. Yeah, you have a t- and and they and they are in the driver's seat. So this is a big make or break moment for Ryan Poles as a GM because how you manage this draft will determine if you're allowed to the draft. The team next that really year. screwed it up was Carolina. Oh, uh, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> screwed the pooch. Oh, it's I mean, a carbon class for how to screw it up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, hey, hey, how not to how not to run an organization? Insert yeah. Carolina Panthers. And. You know, we talked about at the beginning of the segment. You know, I guess Ryan Poles said we would want a similar offer to last year. I think it has to be bigger because these attract these quarterbacks are more attractive. Way than better, those. right? <laughs> Way I know Stroud turned into a star, but I'm not trading up for Bryce Young compared to trading up for Caleb or May or one of those guys. Yeah, no, right. I, I'm I'm going if I if I'm going to reach up for th- for any of those top three, right? May, Daniels, and and Williams. Like you got to give me a king's ransom. Yeah, I mean it's it's similar to Mitch Trubisky, right? It's that type of it's that type of deal that has to come across the oh, board. Um, RG3 easily. or yeah, there's RG, been a lot of them, right? Yeah, there's been a lot of those big deals where it's like where it, it really would could, if it messes up, it could really set a franchise back like five years. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Which is what Carolina's doing right now, getting yeah, set back five years. Effectively. Yeah. So, guys, every quarterback who might or there's a hint that he could be available this offseason, he might be available, he's going to be available, has automatically been tied to the Steelers. Absolutely. Automatically. It's just yeah. been automatic. Mm-hmm. And as this is going on, Desmond Ritter somehow Kenny Pickett has gotten worse and worse and worse since the season ended. Yeah. Like you would think, right now he he has never won a game in the NFL. Yeah, you would you would think that he has never won a game. He's been injured his entire time in his career, and his arm is falling off. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard words the words desperate thrown around. The Steelers are desperate for a quarterback, and in the reality, that's not the case. No, <laughs> no, it's not. I mean, they, they, everybody's gone chicken little, right? The sky is falling. The sky is because we only have one quarterback on the roster. That's not what it's going to be. And, and like, you know, to understand Omar Khan, like Omar Khan and Andy Weidel and company, they're not going to let that happen. I mean, just look at what they've done. So why are we? But once again, when there's instability, 
or something looked good for the moment. We chased a shiny thing like a cat, right? You know, it, it dangles. Well, oh, this is a new thing, and you forget about it. This is a true test, and he's only in his third year. Yeah. You're acting like this is – like he started 24 games. Yeah, you're acting like he's in his 17th year in the league, and we don't know. He's like Ryan Fitzpatrick or something, right? And it's like, no, this guy's a young dude. He's not damaged goods. Like, he, right. he had an injury, and the guy stepped in and played. That was all it was, and Mason just happened to be the better of the two – that played when it was when he was with the hot hand. Yeah, they went with the hot hand, which you can't blame. Got you to the playoffs. Let him let him try and do it, and then we saw him turn back to normal. To me, this was no different of situation than in 2019 when Mike Tomlin stuck with Devlin Hodges for a couple of extra games, but then went back to Mason in in the Jets game. Mason got hurt. If Mason doesn't get hurt in that Jets game, he starts the rest of the season, and everybody's a much different opinion coming out of 2019 of Mason Rudolph. Yeah. But since Devlin Hodges started those last couple games, it, 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 they weren't going anywhere with Devlin Hodges. No. I mean, no. everybody knew that. The Steelers knew that. The duck was a duck. Yeah. yeah. It, was a, it was a great story. They got some wins out of him. Fantastic. But Mason Rudolph was still the better prospect. Yeah. And a drafted prospect. And a drafted prospect. Yeah. Um, they're, it, Kenny Pickett's the same way here. Yes, they, they, they stuck with the hot hand with Mason Rudolph at the end of last year. They, that doesn't mean that their long-term opinion or their opinion on Kenny Pickett has changed. Yeah, this hasn't gone to the Nick Foles, Carson Wentz category, right? Oh, yeah. Or, it's nowhere near that. It's like injury was why he was out. The guy played well. Season ended. Yeah. It's like he gave us four games that were You're really You're trying good. to make the playoffs, and, and yeah. he stuck, so you stuck with the same guy. And everybody kind of rallied around it, right? Like you said, like an interim head coach. They rally around the guys, play your best ball, boom. Next year's next year, and you still realize we drafted this guy in the first round. There's a lot of things that we love about him, so why not give him an earnest chance? And people are like, oh, new coordinator. We need to have a brand-new office. Let's blow everything up, and let's get rid of everybody. It's like, no, there, there's a system, and there's a reason why the Steelers have been in this position, and they've had continual success. Never below 500. Trust the process at the end of the day. I think the the, the national folks you know, look at it as Pickett got benched for Rudolph. They're done with Pickett. And which I don't agree with. He, they favored Rudolph, but they didn't. That doesn't mean that Pickett's career is over or their opinion of him changed. But the fact is, the Steelers are going to add quarterbacks. Not every team in the league is going to add quarterbacks. They're going to go to camp with four. Three are going to make the team. Somebody other than Pickett's going to be in the mix. So yeah. I mean, there's a musical chair that's open at least. And that's. But that's where you're at when you're at this yeah. point in the career of a new quarterback, right? I mean, sure. unless you had Joe Burrow who came out, you threw him the keys, and he ran with him and made made the best out of it. But this is the normal process. This is how it goes. And I think that's where people kind of are so enamored with, well, why didn't you hit on the first-round pick? I said, like, how many first-round picks don't hit, mm -hmm. right? Let's talk about that those guys as well. Yet, it's know? not written yet. And, yeah. you, and like I said, the three years, that's where you get the true snapshot of a player Give me three, four years. Now I can tell you what he is. I can't tell you at two years. And like you said, half and half games. He's played literally middles and you know of yeah. seasons. Like his career, he's only played in the middle of it. Hadn't played in the front end and didn't play on the back end of it. But now we need to judge. Let's get a full year's body of work, see how he manages that. And I think a lot of people fell because of, because of that whole incident that leaked about he didn't want to dress because he wasn't starting type of deal. That soured people. And it's like, if I'm not healthy enough to play, why am I going to put on a uniform, right? At the end of the day, I wouldn't do that. And I love my team, and I was a company man and everything else. Wait a second, I can't physically play. I'm not putting this uniform on if I'm not playing. It actually happened to me down in uh, Carolina my fourth year in the league. Um, I, t I tore my meniscus in warm-ups. Oh, wow. And I went into the locker room. They checked it like, oh, my God. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's torn. It's kind of loose. Um you know, but we're outside of the 90 minute window. So I, so we can't scratch you. Right. So you got to dress. I was like, well, I'm only dressing if I'm playing. So if I'm dressing, I'm starting. And I started that game and played that game. Actually did it really good against Julius Peppers that game. <laughs> <laughs> he had one assisted tackle. Recent Hall of Famer. <laughs> yeah. Recent Hall of Famer. <laughs> Julius Peppers. Recently inducted. Yeah. That's right. Beat him up that game. That was not on his Hall of Fame resume tape. It definitely wasn't on his reel. That was definitely the low light reel. Um, but, uh, but, and then the next week I went on IR, but I was like, yeah, if I'm dressing, I'm playing. So right, I completely right. get the mindset. So you can't sit there and say, well, he's not a team player. No, 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 no. So 
erase that from your memory. That's, that's never every been a question with that guy. That's though. never been. Right, right, that right. should never come into mind. But I but I heard that the week after people. Oh, well, what about this? Ru-? I said, exactly. It's a rumor. Mm-hmm. Were you there? Yeah. Were people you, that think yeah. they know, but aren't close to the organization. Yeah, you, right. you have no clue. And I get it. You're on your couch. You want to make an opinion. But let's just keep everything in focus. For well, there's there's another opinion that's being bandied about on social media. And I want to talk about this one next. We're going to get to a break here, though. Uh, we are live from the scouting combine here in Indianapolis. Uh, he is Max Starch. That's uh, Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally, and you're listening here on Steelers Nation Radio and Fox Sports Pittsburgh. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with more right after this. Live from the 2024 NFL Combine, this is Steelers Nation Radio. Back. And Matt Williamson, uh, live at the Indiana Convention Center, where we're here all week long for the uh, Indy or for the uh, Scouting Combine here in Indianapolis. And uh, guys, I, I mentioned a uh, little rumor that's been buzzing around on social media. Social media is full, oh, of, full of such things. Uh, but I keep seeing this and hearing this that the Steelers are going to cut or trade Deontay Johnson. Uh, I don't believe that's going to happen, and there are plenty of reasons why. Uh, why would you trade away a starter? Yeah, a valuable starter, and productive, create another hole. Productive starter, or cut, or worse yet, cut him. Yeah. Why would you do that? Uh, because this is the era of fantasy football where they believe they can pick him back up on the waiver wire after they pass the cut period. I mean, people are so quick to get rid of things, and they don't really look at foundational pieces. And I think that's where you have a contract. You're expected to play that contract. Unless your performance is just so far below it, you must release that guy. Right. Deontay Johnson has not given us any indication of that. And, in fact, he got better as the season got on. And also, he was a productive guy when it came to a lot of the schematic things. When we were running, right, he was running a lot of those blocks. He was he was downfield trying to make plays to help his team. He was a productive teammate. And I think people look at whether his face is down or how he talks in the media. They think, oh, he's unhappy. He's disgruntled from something two years ago. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, like this is what happens in a team structure. Have you not worked in a business where you love everybody? No, you have moments. You have a bad day. Mm-hmm. And because we're because you're in a sport where cameras are everywhere, you get they find you on the bad day. And there's a camera of it, but it doesn't mean how does he look to his teammates? All his teammates love him, right? Coaching staff loves him. He's a guy that's always looked to as a leader on that offensive side of the ball, especially when you're talking about a team that's as young as it is. Right. You need the veteran. You're going to get even younger. If you get rid of him, you're getting even younger. Yeah. You're going to get even younger. So it just, it's an asinine comment to make, but people are always trying to figure out how can we, how can we build Madden dynasty mode faster? Right. (laughs) That's essentially what it is. We've seen a lot of wide receivers in particular get traded before their final year. You know, I mean, AJ Brown, Tyreek Hill, Stefan Diggs, et cetera that are quality players, and there would be a market for him. But it wouldn't be as great as those players. The cap savings you would make is not enough to go out in free agency, which is rough rot waters anyways, and get a, a comparable player. It's a very good receiver draft, as it always is, basically. But I already think they need to draft one either way. I don't want to draft yeah. two. You know, I yeah. mean, are we opening up another hole? He's one of the best separators in the league. You guys mentioned they're very young on offense. They need some stability there, too, and they're very familiar with them. Dale and I talk about this at camp all the time. He's one of the last guys on the field all the time. It's yeah. not a work ethic thing. I mean, and I also think some of the route concepts going forward will help him. I mean, people complain that he catches a ball and comes back to the line of scrimmage. Well, a lot of those route concepts bring him that way. They're not hitting him in stride. You know, I mean, yeah. I, I would rather extend them than cut them. Yeah, <laughs> you know? and that's the thing. It's like. When you're building a wide receiver core and you're coming into new offense, why am I going to add more young pieces that don't get it? You know, and Deontay gets it. He's gone through this process. He also has a feel. He has a connection with Kenny Pickett. Mm-hmm. You want to keep as many of those connections in place as you're going through the the, the pains of, of establishing a new offensive structure. Yeah. And the guy's caught a lot of balls. He's caught a lot of balls. In he's your career. man beater. Yeah, he's the one that you put. Yes, George Pickens is Circus George, right? He's going to go make the spectacular sideline catch. But Deontay's the one that's going to be the clear-out guy and also going to create separation to make that in, that, that in route on, 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 a, uh, on a post route 
and go yard. Like that's just who he is. And I'd rather just figure out the slot and yeah, right. not have to, like you said, go get, now I got to go get an outside number one yeah. slash two receiver. And I have to go get a slot receiver. If, if I you want to do both. If you do that, now you're saying, okay, we got to draft a, a wide receiver in the first round. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, pretty much. You get rid of Deontay. That's the equivalent comp right now. Yeah. And you're not going to go in free agency and get him because obviously most of those guys are going to be locked up. And if you do, now right. it's a character issue that you have to dive deeper into why didn't they keep you? Yeah. Type of deal. I mean, or you're paying the money you save on dollars. Deontay, you're not going to go get Mike Evans. No. You know, I mean, you're not going to upgrade. You're going to get somebody that's got a little bit of ability, but not nearly as proven and isn't the route runner or nearly as productive the last couple of years. I mean, it, it yeah. makes no, little to no sense to me at all. I'd rather put another year on his contract, open up some cap space now and buy into him. Yeah. Exactly. And still draft one. Yeah, exactly. Because you have to continually build the depth in that room. Like, you can't stay stagnant with the wide receiver position in today's NFL. It's too important. You play too many of them. Yeah, you need three at minimum, and so that means you need five on the roster. What if Pickens gets hurt? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Then where are you? Now I'm trusting a rookie to to fill that production. You're not going to do that. But at least if you have a Deontay out, you have a George. If you have a George out, you have a Deontay. You have still a number one go-to guy that's proven. Mm Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, you don't so, get rid of those guys cheap. No, no, no. And you're, and I don't think the people who are trying to to say uh, trade trade Deontay Johnson, you're not going to get as as Matt said a first round draft pick for him. He's got one year left on his contract. You're not probably not going to get a second round draft pick for him. No, because of the way the contract is right now, yeah. it's probably going to be a third or lower. And I'm not interested in that. No, that does nothing. That, that doesn't move the needle. That doesn't replace right. Deontay Johnson. No, it doesn't. It, it gives me the ability to go get a different position. But right. now, like you said. I created another hole. I'm, now I'm, created now I'm the little hole. Dutch boy, and I'm, I'm yeah. st- sticking my finger all over the, you know. Yeah, exactly. No, as opposed to just putting the plaster on there and saying, hey, let's just go fix what we need. And I think, but that's also why the Steelers never flinch in those moments, yeah. right? They never give way. Like a lot of other teams, uh, you know, the social pressure, the outside noise, force us to do something uncharacteristic because we feel like we have to appease the mob. The Steelers are like, it's, no. It's the same thing, and I'm sure you guys have both heard this as well. Well, they need to uh, – Cam Hayward, they cut him. Uh, get it. He's got to he's – he can't play at that contract. He's got he's to take a pay cut. Are you kidding me? Get out of here. <laughs> they don't get the value. Yeah, they, they don't understand the value. Just because he doesn't make every single play, he's not, he doesn't have 20 sacks like a T.J. Watt. I was like, but if you watch what he does – he creates the sacks for T.J. Watt, Alex sure. Highsmith. He is unblockable on the inside when you give him an inside one-on-one move that forces a quarterback off his point. Like, there's so many intangibles. But because, right, you're watching the television copy, television copy only follows the ball, you don't see the end result. You don't see the minutia of it because you're watching a route. You're watching the running back that's running a flare because they think he's going to get the ball. What Cam Hayward does and what he brings leadership-wise. Yeah, that's what it says. He- yeah, you, you, you can't measure that, and yeah. there's nobody you can replace him with in this draft or if, you know, you go back five years in the draft. Like, mm-hmm. what he brings is invaluable to that team and how he's helped Keanu Benton, right, as a mentor in that room, teaching guys how to play the position like T.J. Watt does with Nick Herbig and even with Alex Highsmith. Like, there's constant communication. When you don't have that vet in the room, and this is one thing I hate about kind of today's rookie wage scale and how they've changed it. They really cut out those middle-class older vets that are there for teaching yeah. and almost like a player coach type of position. It's either young or old and we paid them a lot of money. That middle class is getting better. They're, they're starting it was to really, really bad for a while, it, right. but it was really bad when we first started to where it was like, yeah, I got the first, second and third year guy. Oh, and by the way, I got a 12th year guy. It's like, what? Where's the seventh year yeah. guy? Mm-hmm. There's no seventh years. I, I, I had that Prime conversation career, many times right. with, with Ramon, uh, you know, when he was still playing, like the, the, the middle class was, where was it? Non-existent. You know? Yeah. I mean, real, real quick back to Johnson and Hayward, maybe you restructure cams deal a little bit to open up a little bit of cap space, but you don't get him out of the building ever. No. I mean, he just, he just won the Walter Payton Man of the Year award. Like, I mean, he's gr- a- that's the greatest human being in football award. I mean, <laughs> right, right. right. Yeah, like, what more evidence do you need? What else right. do you need? Like, like right. that's, that's ridiculous at that point. Right. Yeah, it's and, a combination of player and off the field. Like, that's yeah. what you want. You know, and, what I mean, and, right. and he still beats dudes behind. Like that. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like, uh, like Cordell Wilson does not want to see Cam Hayward ever in his life. No, they, like, the Bengals would do cartwheels if you got rid of Cam. Hayward. Oh, right. guys, you know how excited they'd be. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, get out of here. I mean, and as for Johnson, if you don't plan on extending him and your season goes down the drain and the trade deadline's there, move him, you know. Yeah. But otherwise, 
he's a foundational piece. So you're trying to win now, and you're not going to get better at that position. No, and and like you said, at least get me to the season to see what it is first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, there's no value in me getting rid of him at this point or trading him at this point before we've even installed a new offense. Right, right. Because who knows? It might be an even better advantageous offense where he can really be dynamite paired with George Pickens. Yeah. So let's let's keep all of our pieces on the table. Let's not just sacrifice pawns for the sake of moving up the board right. for no reason because it's like, no, this pawn can eventually, if he gets across the board, he's a queen now. Yeah. And a very valuable chess But I, I, I get it to a point because this is the time of the year. That, I mean, we're, we're the reason we're here. It's the yeah. draft. Yeah. And, and the, so there's all these shiny new things out there. Well, this guy's got to be better. Well, in many cases, they aren't, though. These, this is not an exact science. Yeah. Just because a guy runs a fast 40 and, and, and had good tape in college doesn't mean he's going to be a great NFL player. You can't just plug that guy in as a replacement and say, well, he'll he'll be Deontay Johnson. There's also or he'll, a, this guy will be Cam Hayward. There's yeah. also a misnomer, particularly in Pittsburgh, that Deontay's overpaid, that he's not worth the contract. You're not paying enough attention to wide receiver contracts then. Yeah, yeah, mean, yeah exactly. Yeah. No, no, you, you, That's you, a pricey position. Very pricey position. And then also, I mean, look at, I mean, Denzel Mims, right? Uh, he's a prime example in, in Denver. Like, it was like, oh, he's going to be better. He's got to be better than Cortland Sutton. Yeah. Who caught more passes? Oh, right, right. Who, who was more available? Right. Right. I mean, we, we could look at, I mean, hell, when I came out, Robert Woods came from Oklahoma State. Oh, my God. He, he's going to be, I'm sorry, not Robert Woods, Rashawn Woods. Oh, mm -hmm. he's number one, first round draft. He's got to be great. Oh, da, da, da. Played two years. Yeah. Played two years. First round pick. Brought him in. It happens all the time. And like you said, this is this is the area where we get antsy, sure, and we feel all the emotions and the, and all the fuzzies, but it's like, look at reality. How do you build things? How have the Steelers built things? This is not characteristic. We're not the New York Jets. Where we're just jumping on the hot thing and we'll just blow up everything. And it has to be, you know, Chris Chris Alave, um, that has to be our number one, and we have to make him that because we're force feeding him the ball. No, how you build great teams? Look at look at Kansas City. You build through the draft, and you take the pieces that you got, and you make them better. McCole Hardman, they had to, they, they kicked him out and then brought him back before he was really a true value to them, and it was only the last play of the Super Bowl and maybe a couple plays in the playoffs. Like, that's just – it's not a, just a carbon cut. Like, hey, we can put this here, plug and play everyone. Everybody comes from a different system, and they have to mature into this league. And, and you know what fans and local media do this time of year, especially Combine. I'm starting to get more and more familiar with these prospects. I want all of them. I want a center. I want a tackle. I want a, a, a corner. I want all these things. We want enough picks for them. So who can we trade like Chase Claypool to get Joey Porter Jr.? That doesn't happen every year, folks. I mean, like, no. that's not going to work out that way. You can't just turn yeah. Deontay into the next Joey Porter Jr. You know? Yeah, it, it doesn't happen. And like you said, the value also is not there. You have to understand what the value is in right. the market at that point. It's different if you're talking about Deontay's the number three receiver in the league, right? He's C.D. Lamb, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, or so. You're going to get a first-round draft yeah, pick. Right. You're A.J. Brown when they trade. Yeah, yeah, right. right. Yeah. 24 Tyreek years Hill, old right. and, and yeah. coming off his first contract. That's not where we're at right now. No, no. We're at a guy who's a veteran who's been established, but he also fits our system. And he catches a lot of balls. And he catches – he has a high volume of catches. Mm -hmm. You can't replace that. I don't care how many balls he caught in college in, in, in a spread offense. Like pro-style offenses, dealing with a run-heavy team in a division that's yeah. full of defenses, like the dude is battle-tested, and, and you can't find that guy. You don't have to get younger on offense. You don't have to get cheaper on offense. You know, go with the guys that are productive. Volume does not equal quality, right? Mm -hmm. Quantity does not equal quality. Well, real quick here before we uh, end the hour here, you, you mentioned the, the spread offenses, and, and, and how difficult is it now – to look at some of these players coming out in these drafts based on what they do in college as, as compared to what they're going to be asked to do in the pros. That's more somewhat, yeah. but we're not, we're still not completely there. We're not sold there. And yes, you do get a little bit more spreadish um, in the pros. Like we see a lot more Tim personnel than we've seen in the past, but at the end of the day, like that's why I can't judge Joe Milton, right. For Tennessee. Because of that offense, yeah. and with the receivers, Hendon Hooker a year ago, Hendon yeah, Hooker right. a year ago, I don't know how to value these guys. And the receivers, even that, I mean, for Jalen Hyatt, like you knew he was taking the number one, and he was getting man press because teams had to show themselves. But if I'm looking at the number two and number three receivers on a squad, it's tough because these teams are so spread out. Like there's no reading involved. Like the teams yeah. have to show their hands. Whereas the NFL, 
These are the best of the best. They know how to disguise, and they will disguise. And does that guy know what the disguise is? So it makes it really tough to evaluate quarterback talent out of a spread as well as the wide receivers coming out of the spread because they only have one read right. in a spread offense, whereas you have two to three reads once you get to the league. And does that guy have the mental capacity? So that's where getting on the grease board, getting those meetings in with them, seeing how he does out there on the field and moves really gives you a better insight, but you don't get it from the season tape. It takes all-star games and it takes a private workout yeah, to really understand. Kurt Warner had, had a tweet about that last week where he, he said, I'm, I'm, I'm looking, I'm breaking down quarterback tape right now because I can't tell if these guys can play or not because everybody's a one-read quarterback. Yeah. Like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to throw it here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or I knew I was throwing there pre-snap, Yeah, you know, yep. and it's like, I'm just going to wait two seconds and then boom, pop it out there. Because that's not there I'll run. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and that's one thing what I like about Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels had to really read the defenses because if he tried to go premeditate in the first quarter of a game, it looked terrible. And then he ended up ascending later when he had to read and he had to make those decisions. That's what I think separated him from the Heisman conversation this year because you really saw him going through his progression, being patient in the pocket, moving slightly. Even though he's a, a running threat, he didn't run every time he had the opportunity to run. He would run to get open and create stuff with his feet. Um, to get the receiver in the place he wanted them to, a la like Ben. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, that that's the toughest thing to, to look at with these quarterbacks. I mean, yeah, you know, I, I watch Nick's tapes, for example. It's like, yeah. all right, everything's a bubble screen. Yeah, everything's short, <laughs> short catch and run. Yeah. Right? Let, let, let's run a couple slashes. Let's run some crosses across the middle. Let's bubble a guy out. Let's swing him out. And, yeah, let the guy go and do what he does. You're not going to do that in the NFL. No. No, because there, there's a defensive end that can run just as fast as <laughs> that, that, that running back that you're, that you're swinging out to. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah exactly, exactly, exactly. There's no Fort Valley State so no. on, on the schedule. <laughs> uh, he is uh, <laughs> Max Starks. Uh, he's Matt Williams, and I'm Dale Lolly. You're listening here to our ongoing combine coverage here in Indianapolis on Steelers Nation Radio and Fox Sports Pittsburgh. That's going to do it for this hour. Max is uh, taking off. You're done for the day. I I, I am free and clear until, until we see each other at dinner. Well, we'll see each other at dinner. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, we'll continue these conversations, and then we'll do it again tomorrow. Yes, Why not? Absolutely. absolutely. Why not? Let's run it back. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> uh, but we're going to get to a breakdown. Matt and I will be back to finish up the day here with our, our final hour of coverage here from the Scouting Combine right after this. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 